What does a good apology sound like? Maybe you haven't really thought about that question before, but I wonder if you have, like I have, heard not-so-good apologies. And perhaps that's, you know, somebody in person speaking to you, but where I see it more often is in the case of a, a public figure and a public apology, and the not-so-good, let's call them bad apologies, sound a lot like this. Well, I'm sorry if somebody was offended by what I said. Or, I'm sorry if you misunderstood what I was trying to accomplish. It's not really an apology. It's rationalizing. It's trying to explain the behavior or the words and to have them kind of make sense the reason why they were done. It doesn't admit any wrong. In fact, it kind of suggests that the wrong was done by the person being apologized to rather than the person giving the so-called apology. Now, that's quite a bit different than a good apology. We heard an example of a good apology from King David earlier. God's prophet Nathan had gone to King David, had led David, kind of trapped David into realizing just how evil his actions had been, just how horrible they were. David had committed adultery, and then he had committed murder to cover it up, and, and then he still tried to cover up these sins, and his conscience bothered him at least a little bit, but he pushed that away, didn't let it do the job it was supposed to do, until Nathan, with his words, you are the man, swept away every pretense and, and left David with no chance at keeping his wrong private or secret. And then David offered a good apology. He didn't rationalize. He didn't try to explain it away. He didn't shift blame to somebody else. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. As we're asking our midweek Advent question today, O oh Lord, how shall I meet you? We're looking at yet another example from Scripture. In Zechariah's example, we don't hear an apology, but it's very clear that the same attitude is there. The attitude behind Zechariah's action and the attitude behind David's good apology is what we call, is what Scripture calls, repentance. And so today, we respond to the question, O oh Lord, how shall I meet you? With the answer, with repentance, like Zechariah. And Zechariah shows us that repentance recognizes my sin and repentance recognizes my Savior. Zechariah certainly knew his sin. 
Perhaps you recall what came earlier in Luke chapter 1, before the section that we read this evening. That's where we learn about Zechariah's sin. Zechariah was a priest. He was chosen by lot to be the one to enter the temple and to offer incense on one particular occasion. And he and his wife were old, very well, long in years. They didn't have any children. And an angel appeared to Zechariah there in the temple. And the angel told him that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a son. Not only that, the angel told Zechariah that this special son that he and Elizabeth would have was to play an important role in salvation history. He was going to be the forerunner of the Savior. This was amazing news. This was wonderful news. It was an answer to prayers. It was good news for everyone, the whole world, everyone. But Zechariah didn't believe it. And I get it. This was a big surprise. It wasn't at all what Zechariah or Elizabeth expected. Zechariah had understandably given up on the, the thought that he would become a father. He was an old man. As far as he could tell, they were well past the age when this was expected to happen. In fact, he probably believed he was past the age where it was even possible that this was going to happen. We can understand Zechariah's reaction, but this wasn't Zechariah's idea. This was an angel appearing to Zechariah in the temple. This was God's message coming from God's holy messenger. It was a sin for Zechariah to doubt and for him to remain in unbelief. And he faced an immediate consequence for that sin because the angel said, from now on, until things happen exactly like I told you they were going to happen, you won't be able to say a word. And in the months after, Zechariah did not say a word. And what we read from Luke chapter 1 is where that account picks up later, months later. We hear how it all turned out. Elizabeth had her baby boy. John was going to be his name according to what the angel had instructed Zechariah, but that didn't really fit with the family's expectations. They thought a good name was Zechariah Jr. But Elizabeth said, no, name is John. And for some reason, Zechariah wasn't deaf. They signed to him anyway. He took a writing tablet. He wrote out his answer. His name is John. That was a powerful message. It seems like a simple message. But it was a powerful message. Zechariah was no longer resisting. He didn't doubt anymore. He was listening. He had put into practice what God had told him, what the angel had told him. And again, maybe that doesn't seem so significant because 
Well, Zechariah had seen what had happened. He had seen that the angel's words came true. He had, he had seen his very own son. It happened in front of him. He didn't need to wonder whether it was possible anymore. So Zechariah could have offered an insincere apology. He could have just reluctantly acknowledged, well, I suppose his name's going to be John. He could have grudgingly obeyed what the angel had told him. But our account makes it very clear. Zechariah had undergone a change of heart. He knew his sin, and he was not going to wallow in it any longer. He had recognized his wrong, and he had turned away from it. And evidence of his repentance poured out. All of a sudden, Zechariah could speak again to the amazement and to the astonishment of everyone there. Zechariah's repentance recognized his sin and turned away from it. That's our example when we're confronted with the Advent question, O Lord, how shall I meet you? Repentance, like Zechariah's, means that we recognize our sins. It means that we confess in our hearts, if not with our mouths, that we've doubted God's Word. We've put our own thinking in its place. We've been unwilling at times to listen to His messages and to His messengers. We haven't fully trusted, we haven't fully loved the one who who so loved us. And repentance, true repentance is very much like a good apology. I can't just say, well, I'm sorry for whatever it is I've done. Like, there, there is some truth to that. We have to say that before God. Because I don't know and you don't know all of the sins that you've done. So we can't list them all. We can't recount every single thing because we've done so much more wrong than that. But real repentance, true repentance, also recognizes just how real my sins are. I have been unkind and mistreated people or avoided people who needed that kindness. I have been selfish in my use of time or my use of money. I have served myself instead of serving others. Don't brush it off. Don't rationalize it. Don't try to explain it away. Own up to it. Confront it. Confess it. Repentance recognizes my sin. And thankfully, there's, there's more to the story than that. Because repentance also recognizes my Savior. That was the case for Zechariah. It's the case for us as well. Immediately after Zechariah wrote that the baby would na be named John, he was able to speak. And speak he did. <laughs> Our reading tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, that he began to, to prophesy now he was the one speaking God's word. He was the one sharing God's message. And the message, 
was a Savior, his Savior. Zechariah's son was not the Savior. John would go before, he would prepare the way, he would get people ready. Zechariah doesn't specifically say the name of the Savior, but you know his name. He's really talking about Jesus. He talks about salvation. He talks about the promise, the ancestors like Abraham and David. He praises God for showing mercy and sending salvation and rescue and redemption. He says that that John's preparation will serve to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercies. Zechariah was ready to meet his son. He had waited for months, months that were full of this, this special challenge of remaining unable to speak. But as special as that birth was, there was an even more special birth. And Zechariah knew that. Because Zechariah knew and recognized his sins, he knew what a blessing was coming in the person of Jesus Christ, the Savior. He knew what forgiveness meant. He knew that it was much more than just having his voice again. It was being able to have confidence in God's love and his mercy and his forgiveness. It was, it was knowing that in the place of what he deserved because of his sins, he would receive salvation instead. Heaven itself. And so Zechariah was ready to meet Jesus. Are you ready to meet Jesus? I'm not asking if your Christmas decorations are put up or if you think you're set for the celebrations that are coming. I'm not asking if you're excited about the holiday. I'm saying that there is a reason we are singing and we are asking, O Lord, how shall I meet you? And you are truly ready to meet Jesus when you meet him with repentance. You meet him recognizing your sins and recognizing that he is the one who takes those sins away. That's what will make you ready for Christmas as we celebrate his birth. That's what will guide you through this entire church year that we've just barely begun as we visit all sorts of highlights from his life and as we are witnesses together of his death on the cross and as we celebrate together his empty tomb. And that repentance is what will make you ready to meet Jesus when the time comes. And that time may be at the end of your life when you go to be at his side. Or perhaps it will be when he comes to take all who are left here, all his people, those who believe in him, to be with him. But that time will Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited us 
and prepared redemption for his people. Those are words of true repentance. Those are the sorts of words that can lead and the sort of attitude that can lead to a good apology. Those are words that recognize sin and recognize a Savior from that sin. May words like those be on our hearts and on our lips as we meet Jesus, our Lord, with repentance like Zechariah. Amen. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.